Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to the VIP Jazzwell Report. I've just been informed that it's Women's History Month, but our guest today has written a book to help women with their future. And it's called The Art of Having It All. And she claims that it's a woman's guide to unlimited abundance. This book has just been recently published and is already on the New York Times bestseller list. Our guest has been through some very challenging and tragic moments in her life. She's had to endure the pain of her sister's suicide, had to fight the life-threatening illness of her newborn son, manage her troubled divorce, come out of debt, and she's even lost 30 pounds of weight, but in spite of such adversity, she insists that one can still have it all. And on that note, it's my pleasure to bring on to the show, Christy Whitman. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, you and me both. You and me both. Well, congratulations on your new book. Thank you. I'm really excited that it's being so well received and it's already had such great success with hitting so many different lists because it's truly a message that people really want. Women really want this information. They want a different perspective than we can't have at all. So it's great to see how well it's being received. So tell me, do we really need another self-help book on how to be better? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see, it seems like after all that has been written, then that it should be enough and that, you know, we have all the answers. Mm. But you know, it's kind of like this. There's so many different people out there, and there could be the same message being said by so many different people, but there's, it takes one person to say it differently for someone else to get it. So that's what I find is that just by, by putting this information out there in a way that's through my experiences and my words and my teaching, my energy, mm. there's other people that are affected by it that weren't affected by other books that have already been written. So what's so different about this one, then? You know, this book isn't a advice, you should do this, this is what you ought to do. It really is, you know, you've read it, it's a guide step-by-step step to mm. help each individual woman return back to herself and ask herself questions so that she knows what having it all is. Because, you know, we don't all think having it all is the same thing. We need to really define it for ourselves. We can't rely on what other people think the definition of having it all is. We really do have to define that for ourselves. We don't all want the same things. So even if we want similar things like a healthy body, a house, a man, kids, or maybe not, money, a career, each of those aspects of our life has different nuances and the forms are different based on each individual person and their experiences and their desires. So, you know, the different qualities in a, a romantic partner mm. might be different from one woman to the next. But, you know, one thing I found was this is not a unisex book. And I, and I don't know why, because I read it and I thought it applies to me as well. Um, why only for women? I mean, is it just a book for upcoming feminists? What was the deal here? Yeah, Vip, I'm really glad you asked that question mm. because I have a lot of people that are, you know, in my readers that have read the book that are men and they're like, Christy, why is this just for women? Right. And it's not just for women because let me just say that the principles in the book are universal, meaning they work for men and women, whether you're tall or short, whether you live in Canada or the United States, it, it doesn't matter. They're universal. 
the reason is is because what my marketing background, what I teach people is that when you're having a voice, when you're saying a message, when you're saying a story, you need to have a vision in mind of the person that's receiving it. And for me, one of the chapters in the book is on you know stepping into goddess energy. Mm. Well, that doesn't necessarily apply to a man, but it's in my own practice. It's how me as a woman, how I manage my own aspect of having it all. So the, it definitely helps for men, but... And I should say, men aren't men aren't told. You know what, Vip? You just can't have it all. You can't have a family and a career. It's just implied that men get to have that. There's never a debate. Can men have it all? There's always this debate. Can women have it all? Meaning, can they have a thriving career and also be a mom? And so that's why I felt that this book was really specific to women. Again, men are definitely welcome to read it. You definitely will get so much out of it. It's universal principles. But in the marketing of it and Mm. in the speaking to this debate on can we have it all as women, I'm answering, I'm I'm being another voice to say, yes, we can have it all. It's very interesting you say that because it's so true. You know, um, Going back to the my original question about do we need another self-help book? Why, why, you know, there are so many self-help books out there, um, and, and they, they, they're sold very well. But why do most of these books not work? With all the books that have been sold, you'd think people would get it, but why are they not getting it? Is it because they sort of – it's an adrenaline shot while you read it, and then after you finish reading it, you're back into your normal rut, and then you don't well, apply glad- it? Yeah, I'm so glad that you're asking this question because as a master certified law of attraction coach, I've been coaching for well over a decade, you know, I see the same issue, not only just with books, Mm. but with people that are learning about principles. To get something as a concept in our minds is one thing, but to live from it is another thing. So you might read a book, maybe you read the you know positive, um, the power of now, right? And while you're reading the book and while you're thinking about it, you really focus on the present moment. But then you put the book away and then you forget all about it. It's it's taking the information from any particular book, The mm. Art of Having It All, which is my book, is a perfect example. Taking the information and then living that in your daily life, that's where change happens. So it doesn't matter if it's a coaching program, if it's, you know, a book, if it's whatever it is. We have to be able to take these principles not as a concept, but to be able to live through them. And the reason why is because everything in the universe is energy. And we are energetic beings. We are always giving out energy, and that energy carries a vibration. So we give off a vibration, we give off energy by the thoughts that we think, the beliefs that we have, what we say, what we, how we feel, what we do. And if we're not shifting the energy, we could read a book and then it's like, okay, that's done. But we don't change the internal um, energy. We don't shift the energy to a more positive stance. We don't change the way we think. We don't change the beliefs. Everything stays stays status quo. Nothing will change on the outside. In order to affect change on the outside, meaning your relationships, your weight, your finances, anything, we have to affect change from within. It all starts with ourselves. And from that energy and that new vibration going out, we attract different and new things. So you talk about, I mean, there's a strong element of spirituality in your book, not religion, but spirituality. So my thing is this. If someone's going to be buying your book because they want to have it all, which means you have to change a little bit, do you need to be in a crisis in order to change? Because that's usually the ignition that gets you to change. 
Yeah, you know what happens when we're in a crisis, when we hit rock bottom, is that we get the clarity. It's like, I don't want to be sick anymore. I don't want to be in debt anymore. So it's like you get clear, like, I want to be healthy. I want to have money. You know, so we get to that point where that's where I found the universal laws. I was literally on my knees in my apartment, or not even an apartment, it was a room and a house I was renting because I couldn't afford my own apartment. Mm. And I was 30 pounds overweight, $60,000 in debt, just got out of another bad relationship. I had no support, no family around me. And I was like, there's God, I mean, like my life is horrible, help me here. And it's like, what do I want? I want to be healthy, I want to be happy, you know? And then when you start making those declarative statements from that place of clarity, Mm -hmm. from that place of, I don't want this anymore, this is what I do want, that's when the universe starts to help you and brings you the people, the situations, the circumstances to help you. But it's in those moments of, oh my gosh, this is not what I want, that's when we start to get the clarity. And so to answer your question, no. You can actually be having a thriving life. I have a thriving life. I love my life now. Every single aspect of my life is amazing. But there's still things that come in, like I talk about in the book. Contrast. It's things that show up in this universe full of diversity, full of different perspectives and opinions and options. And something shows up in my reality, and I go, you know what? I don't want that. What I want to experience is this instead. And it's those moments of clarity that gives us the power to start the change that we want. From those moments of clarity, can they also come about when you have a mindset, when you've reached such a low point, where you develop the mindset that I have nothing to lose? So you're willing to risk everything because there's nothing to risk anymore. Right, exactly. There's no way up but up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. So people need to identify those moments. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when... I would say look at whatever moment you're in right now, whatever aspect of your life, mm. and just ask yourself, what do I want? One of the things that's really big for me in the art of having it all is, and it was really clear for me is that we don't all want the same thing. So we have to define it. And we're not just defining it in every single aspect, but in each and every moment. I like to say, you know, I, I encourage people to have more having it all moments meaning you're present, you're enjoying, you're appreciating whatever it is in in your life. And if you're finding that you're not appreciating things that you have in your life, that's when we need to shift and we need to start practicing some appreciation because I don't care who we are, I don't care what the conditions of our life is, we all have things that we could say are, you know, we don't appreciate, and we all have things that we can appreciate. And even if you're at the lowest low of your life, you could still appreciate the fact that you have breath coming into your body and you're still alive. I mean, at that, you know, the lowest denominator, you still have breath. Your heart is beating without you having to make it, be, you know, beat. Mm. You, you still have the ability, you, you have the power within you to make any type of change that you want in your life, no matter what the condition. Now, you know, you just told me, we talked about the lowest point in your life when you were in the room, you, you were on your knees. Um, and at that point, I'm just thinking out loud here, there are two things. One is that this situation doesn't own me and I'm going to do better. Yeah. The other one could be a little more, um, how do I put it? You could be even contemplating suicide to end it all. Absolutely. Did you, ever, did you ever go through those thoughts? 
No, um, I've had points of that. I think a lot of people go through that. They have the thoughts of it, mm. you know, because like, oh, my God, life is so bad right now. You know, light at the end of the tunnel, everything would just make it so much easier. I mean, we're just if we're going back to non-physical energy anyways, and there's just joy on the other side, like what's the whole point of being here going through the issues and problems I am? But the reason, that, you know, we all decided to come into the bodies that we have. That's my belief anyway. I believe that we chose to come here. There's a reason that we all chose to come here. We all have different philosophies and different beliefs about about that. For me, it's like we came here to expand. We came here to have fun and have enjoyment and to create and, show, you know, be powerful and, and, and really enjoy ourselves. And yet, if we're not then it's up to us to change the beliefs that we have, the thoughts that we have, the emotions that we have. It's up to us to change that. My sister, obviously, um, she committed suicide 16 years ago. And so it would have been a really easy out. You know, Mm -hmm. I see how for her, um, it was a light at the end of the tunnel when she felt she didn't have any other options. And like I talk about in the art of having it all, in this abundant universe, we at least have nine options for every given situation. Mm-hmm. And try to, just try this exercise. Whatever you feel like you've got an issue or a problem or something unwanted has come up, literally just sit down and make a list. Okay, instead of continuing to focus on the problem, which most people do, and they stay stuck in the problem, you cannot find the solution when you're stuck in a problem. Immediately just sit down and go, okay, what are the options here? Give, there's got to be at least nine options. Right. You know, I, I need more money um, to put more money in my business. Okay, what are the nine options of how I could get some more money? Well, I can go to the bank and get a loan. I could take out a second on my house. I could borrow money from my parents. You know, it's like whatever it is, you keep going down the list and get to at least nine. And, and what happens when you start looking for those nine options, creative things come to you and the answer always does. So there's always a way out, no matter what contrasting experience we're experiencing. But you also need a presence of mind, right? Because sometimes you could be so low, but you could also be panicky. You cannot, you cannot panic at that time. That's it. And that's why coaching, you know, having, having someone that you can talk to that has an enlightened mind mm. that believes in universal laws, that's why coaching is so effective. Because, you know, when you're in a bad point, um, you know, we kind of get in our tunnel vision and we don't, we kind of can't get beyond ourselves, and that's why having a coach or a mentor, you know, to kind of help you have a different perspective of your life. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a master certified coach, and I still to this day have mentors because I know that even at the level I'm at, at the happiness that I'm at, the success that I've achieved, even though I have it all as I define it in all aspects of my life, there's still blind spots that I have, or there's still areas that I want to go to my next level, and. I want to have that mentor helps me see things from a different perspective, gives me total vision instead of that tunnel vision. Now, interestingly, in your book, right on the first page, I'm just going to read a little bit. I'm going to ask you what it all means. Um, It says, we are told from a young age that hard work, striving to be the best and pushing ourselves to the limit is the path to realizing our potential, fulfilling our heart's desires and succeeding at everything we want to accomplish. And then goes on to say that what I've learned from experience is that while discipline and hard work are essential to accomplishing goals, there's a limit to how much we can achieve through these means alone. So um, if it only gets you 60% of the way, what's it going to take to get the other 40%? 
Well, here's the thing, and this is really what the art of having it all is all about, Mm. is that when we start to apply universal principles, meaning we are, you know, if you go out and push and work hard and, you know, force things to happen, right, it's like you're, you're working almost against the flow of the universe. When you can actually align yourself with the abundance of the universe, and align your thoughts and know that any, anything is possible. And from that place, take inspired action. There's more of a sense of flow. Doors open up quicker. Um, it's, it's like I, the example I was given, it's like trudging through quicksand or trudge, trudging through mud, mm. you know, trying to get somewhere. Instead of just, you know, walking on, on grass or walking on the concrete, you know, it's, it's different because you have the power of the universal laws, the power of your own alignment, your own higher vibrations. And when you're in a higher, better feeling state and you're in a more flowing, open way, things open, your outer reality opens for you too. And this isn't just Christy Whitman's philosophy. These are universal laws. They work for every single person all the time and when you apply them and you know them and you br- you're living from them like we talked about before not as a concept mm. but you're applying them in your life doors literally fly open for you there's synchronicity things just happen when you think of someone and then that person calls you or you think of someone and they email you and it's like the, you have to do you don't have to do as much work there's less you, you definitely have to take action and be disciplined and be focused and all that but it's not as like that overwhelming, exhausting, you know, spreading yourself too thin kind of way of creating your life. But this whole universal energy, universal laws, are they all fancy words for what is ultimately destiny? You know, there's there's levels to it. So mm. to say yes or no, it, it, that that's just a very simple answer to a very complex system. I mean, the, for example, let me just break one down for you. you one of the universal laws is law of attraction. What you are sending out, and when I say sending out, Mm. is that think of yourself as like a radio tower. We are always giving out a signal because we're always sending out our energy. Our energy goes out when we think something. When we think a thought, there's like sparks of energy that go out, and that, that thought, that energy has a vibration. So that vibration, if, if you're in a place of like, oh, I'm such a jerk, you know, and you feel low and you're beating up on yourself, that spark, goes out into the universe, that vibration then connects with other vibrations that are of the same. So now you've got a matching vibration. It could be someone telling you, yes, I agree, you're a jerk. It could be someone flipping you off on the, on the road while you're driving. It could be, you know, the, the Starbucks lady being really rude to you. You know, it's like it matches that vibration. If you're having thoughts of, you know, I'm really a magnificent being. I'm a creator. Well, I'm- I try that. I try that with my wife. But the, the sort of message is my radio tower message doesn't seem to register on, on her side. Whenever we get into an argument, I always adopt that radio wave that I'm right, which it never seems to, she never seems to catch on. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, that's funny. Now, yeah, relationships are tricky, right? Because you have... Oh, so you do have change. exceptions. <laughs> yeah, well, you... you, you you have a relationship with other beings that are also, you know, thinking, living beings. They have their own beliefs. They have their own issues. They have their own thought process. We can never change another person, mm. um, you know, but we can influence the way, like, for example, the way we think of our children. And, and, you know, it's been proven, like, in schools, when you have a teacher that thinks you could have one child 
that this teacher thinks is the most brilliant child ever and just constantly give him accolades and recognition and all that. And that same child can go into another classroom where the teacher thinks this kid is just a complete idiot and it's hard on him. That child will flourish mm. in that one teacher's class and will literally be just a horrible student. It will be, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So what we think of as our, as our husbands, as our wives, as our partners, as our children, what we think of those people, that starts the energetic relationship. Having read your book, the first thing that you ask of us, or the reader, is to define what you want. Yes. That's key, I guess. But what are you trying to say? I mean, are you trying us, us to be as specific and as real or as ambitious as possible? Both. I mean, for for you to say, you know what, if I was going to ask you, Vip, what is having it all for you? What is your it? What is your all? As a matter of fact, I asked that question to over 150 experts, celebrities, you know, and it's amazing because in this interview series, Every single person answered it different because all of us are different. You know, the way having it all is kind of like, can you have, women can, ha can have it all or women can't, can have it all but not at the same time. You know, there's like there's this debate. Well, that's assuming that we all want the same things, that we all want to have a career and have kids and have a marriage and, you know, have all that stuff. For example, I write about my friend Dawn in the book. She's been in the same relationship with the same man for 24 years. Mm. They have a happy marriage, a happy relationship. She's clear. She's always been clear. She doesn't want to get married, and she doesn't want to have kids. That, to her, is having it all. Someone else might look at that and go, oh, that's horrible. When are you going to get married? Why aren't you having kids? You know, because that, to them, is they, they thrive on motherhood. They don't even want to work. So we can't say that all of us are cookie cutter. And we have to look at, you know, not only the aspects of, okay, I want the kid and the house and those things, but it's like how do you want to feel in each of the different interactions that you have day to day with your children? You know, what's your intention for when you wake up in the morning with your kids? You want a loving environment. You want to have fun. You know, you go on a date night with your wife or your husband. You know, what's the, what, is, what is that having it all moment? What does having it all in that date night look like for you and your wife? Great conversation, laughing a lot, flirting a little bit, maybe a little nooky-nooky at the end of the night. You know, whatever that is for you. Preferably like, with the wife, right? <laughs> yeah. <so> okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It's like you define it in, in not just a... These are the things like a diploma we put on the wall. Okay, got the husband, got the kids. You know, it, our life is always moving. Mm. And the things that we say we want in our 20s is different than what we want in our 30s and even, even different than we want in our 40s and 50s. So we have to take, you know, a step back and ask ourselves. The only way we can answer this question is to go within and say, you know, at this time in my life, in this moment, having it all looks like this for me. And it could oh, be so let me get it right. Let me, let me get this straight. Having it all, you, you have different time periods. There's the short-term, medium-term, long-term. Yes. Right. Okay. It's absolutely, yeah. Having it all for me is traveling the world. You know, can I do that right now? Well, maybe not right this moment, but that's having, you know, that's going to be happening. But don't you set yourself a time limit that within five years I want to start traveling the world, something like that? You can. That's, that's like goal setting. You know, some people, and I always say this, again, none of us are the same. Mm. Sometimes when you put a time stamp on something, like by December 31st, I'm going to have lost 10 pounds. 
that to some people really motivates them. And it's like it gets them going because there's like this date out there. To other people, it's horrific. It's like, oh, my God, it's coming closer. And now it makes them feel like a failure. Well, for those that so. it's horrific, I mean, it allows their complacency to spread. Right. So because they don't have a time limit, there's that like a, like a dieting thing or the exercise thing. Like in my scenario, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Right. And but then I'm constantly that, living in a, in a state of guilt. And, 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 and a troubled conscience that I should have done it today, but you know what, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll watch Real Housewives of Miami instead. Well, that's it. See, so now you're starting to feel, instead of feeling good about the goal that you want to have and, you know, feeling the energy of already having that and experiencing it, now, now there's like you're guilty and you're shaming yourself and right. you're beating yourself up. So talking about that, how does positive thinking play into your psyche? Well, you know, when we align ourselves, and what mm. I mean by that is when we align our emotions with, half, like, abundance, for example. There's the law of sufficiency and abundance that I talk about in the art of having it all. When we align with the feeling of abundance, we naturally feel good. And when we feel good, we naturally think positive. A lot of times they, people think, well, I'm just going to think positive about something. And they could be seething inside. They could be angry about something. They could be resentful. And the universe is not listening to the positive thoughts that you're, you're sending out. The, the dominant vibration of that anger, of that resentment, that's what the universe is responding to. So just thinking positive is, is a great way to start you know, changing your thoughts. But there's more, you have to literally go deeper within yourself and change your emotions to change the vibration, to change the reality. See, there are millions of people out there buying lottery tickets every week. And the amount of positive energy, the one hour before the lottery ticket number gets revealed, is amazing. Sure. But there also has to be a sense of, I guess, realistic probability of you achieving your goal. Well, they have to truly believe it and not just an hour before they go and buy the lottery ticket or before it's, you know, it, it has to be a consistent thing. For me, you know, I know I'm a very powerful creator, but for me, I don't want to waste, and I feel like for me just personally, I don't want to waste my focus and energy and attention on trying to win the lottery because, you know, it, there is a there is chances, of course, everything is possible. People win it all the time. But for me, I would rather put my energy on something that I really want mm -hmm. and, and accomplish and know that I can make just as much money or, you know, money in a different way or contribute in a different way. We have to, like what I talk about in the book, in The Art of Having It All, is that we have to look for the essence of what we want. So if someone's wanting to just put all their focus and attention on winning the lottery, why, why do you want to win the lottery? What is the reason? Oh. What, what is the A Rolls the Royce, line? a mansion on Miami Beach, a private jet. Yeah, but for what? For why? Like, what's the, what's the energy behind that? You know, instead of, like, you might want the mansion and the Ferrari and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but why? What is the feeling? Anytime we want to have anything, whether it's a new partner, winning the lottery, getting a promotion, getting a new job, losing weight, doesn't matter. Whatever we want, we always think that we're going to feel better when we have it. So what's that feeling better? What's that emotion that we're assigning outside of ourselves? Like, if I get this, then I'll feel that. Because that's the formula that all of us have learned 
for success. Mm. Get this and then I'll feel. When the real manifestation equation is feel this and then you attract that. So if you're really desiring to win the lottery because you really feel like I want the mansion, I want the car, I want this, why? Go deeper with it. You want to feel secure. You want to feel free. You want to feel successful. What's the feeling? And then really put yourself consistently, consciously, deliberately in that state of feeling. And then you don't have to just focus on the lottery as being the one and the only way of achieving that. Now the universe can bring to you thousands of different ways that you could you can really bring in that essence and that feeling, not just this one way that's like you know one in a zillion chance of, of winning. Now you have many forms and never, uh, many opportunities to actually feel what you want to feel in the first place. So if I feel like a millionaire and I act like a millionaire, I have a like, higher likelihood of becoming a millionaire. Yes, absolutely. Feeling that feeling of what is, for you, again, go deeper. Becoming a millionaire, what would be the feeling sense? Would it be success, freedom, love, self-love, you know, accomplishment? Like, no, what, I is, like what the is that essence? Bit. Uh, <laughs> I said I like the self-love bit. Um, <laughs> All this means it's it's about trying to become a magnet to all the things that one desires, and you mentioned that in your book. So elaborate a little bit about the becoming a magnet. Well, when you are exactly that, – that's a perfect question based on what we were just talking mm-hmm. about. When you are coming from a place of vibrating in success, okay, if I am running – the, the feeling of success, and I'm just vibrating that out into the universe. My mindset is just totally focused on everything, every action I'm going to take today, it's going to be a success. Mm-hmm. Like everything I do, you know, so like my mindset, my feelings, my energy, everything is just vibrating on success. What has to happen by law is that I'm going to start to attract things, whether it's people, circumstances, situations, that are going to then show and show evidence of this success. I'm going to start to literally call success to me and vibrate at that level of success. So for someone, success, we all have to defi- you know, define it for ourselves, again, just like having it all. Success might be just a sense of just complete joy. Success might be a space of contentment. Success could mean lots and lots of money. Success could mean you know, support and love. So again, we have to define that for ourselves and really feel what it feels like to feel it. But it's not just emotional and mental. You actually have to put your hands to work. I I just can't sit on the couch watching ESPN and and, and thinking and believing that my wife thinks I'm the most glorious object on earth. I actually have to do stuff, right? Yes, yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because there's – you know, a misperception that you can just sit around and meditate all day long or just vibrate out. Now I know what I've been doing wrong. Yeah, (laughs) you got to take action. (laughs) You, you know, here's here's the thing. There's the law of polarity, which mm-hmm. is another seven essential laws. And the way I like to think of the law of polarity is that we are both physical beings mm-hmm. and we're also non-physical beings. So the non-physical part of us is what we're talking about, that feeling sense, the beliefs, the thoughts, all this stuff that's non-matter that actually exists, um, but we can't 
touch it. You know, it's just there. It's the physicality. It's non-physicality. It's the higher spirit of who we are. And then there's a physical being. And in this physical world, for things to manifest, we have to do physical things. So when you have the most success, it's like getting into a car and turning on the ignition. If you are in your physical body and just do physical action all day long, you're going to get to where you want to go. But when you combine it with the metaphysical, with the applying the universal laws, feeling like you're in a state of success or abundance, you know, thinking those type of thoughts, it's like putting a turbo booster in that car. You're going to get to where you want to go a lot faster. Now, you've created the seven universal laws of manifestation, and those are attraction, deliberate creation, allowing, abundance, pure potentiality, detachment, and polarity. We've talked about the attraction. What do you mean by deliberate creation? I love that question because when when I say deliberate creation, it's like you're in a space of, okay, my life's not working, I'm totally in debt, I've got this bill that just came in, I can't pay it, oh my God, what am I going to do? Well, what most people do by default is they start feeling bad about themselves, they're in lack, they get into fear, they get into worry, they get into anxiety, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so what they're continuing to send out in their vibration is, I don't have enough, Oh my God, what am I going to do? That's a low vibration. So law of attraction continues to match that vibration and gives you, continues to give you more of the same. You don't have any money so that you're continuing each month to be in debt, to worry about your bills, to freak out, the whole thing. But by deliberate creation, okay, here's the bills. I don't have enough money. What do I want? I want to have enough money in the bank. What does that look like? I'd like to have $10,000 in the bank. I'd like to be free. I'd like to, you know, so you start feeling what it would feel like to each and every month have the bills come in and easily and effortlessly just pay them because you have the money in your account. Now, when you're doing that, even though the reality says one thing, you still pay your bills, but the reality is now you're starting to vibrate in a different way. And when you consistently do that, then money starts coming to you. It could, it, and, it's, and it's amazing. It could start coming to you from different avenues, not just from your job that you have. It could, all of a sudden you could get, I hear about this all the time, by the way, um, when I start teaching this to people, all of a sudden I got an insurance check for $2,000 from like 20 years ago, or, um, you know, my parents died, you know, 10 years ago and there was nothing in the, the will or anything. And all of a sudden I just got a check from the lawyer saying that this, this money, $8,000 just came from my parents, you know, um, their retirement or their will or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I hear stories like that all the time when people deliberately shift their their vibration out of what the reality is telling them. So effectively, it's in a way you when you get into a situation like that with a bill, you don't have the money to pay, um, you should start brainstorming. And through brainstorming, you look at opportunities of making that 10000 in order to pay the bill going forward. Well, that's one way of doing it for sure. It's a it's a way of looking at how, and that if you start looking at the how and the, the, all the different options, like mm-hmm. we talked about before, the nine options, you know, that starts getting you off of the focus of the problem and onto the focus of the solution, which is a di- very different energy, which is a different vibration. Now, the third law of manifestation, according to you, is allowing. Yes. What is that? Allowing is, here, here's a perfect example. You're married, right? So you're, you're feeling judgment or criticism about your wife. You're not, because I'm sure you never do that. But you're no, feeling, never, you know, ever. Ever, ever. Please. I know. Yes. So I'm you're taking the fifth of, on that. <laughs> 
but you're in your mind in the quiet parts of your mind that nobody else knows you're feeling criticism or judgment about something maybe that your wife did or didn't do it could be even the dinner that she made whatever but you've got this like you know this critical judgmental aspect well our energy when we're criticizing and judging someone we're not really accepting people the way they are um, we are getting constricted and our energy gets constricted and we're completely out of alignment with ourselves. If, however, we accept the person, you know, if we, we're not saying approve of, we don't need to approve of something that they do, but if we can accept that, you know what, that's how they are, mm. then our energy opens up more and we're more allowing. The other way I like to describe the law of allowing is put out your hand right now in, in a closed fist. You can't really receive anything with a closed fist, but open up your hand and then you can receive. So a lot of times our energy is very restrictive. We're kind of that closed fist. We're asking for something. I'm asking for help. I'm asking for more money. But our energy is like a closed fist. We can't be receiving it. So we need to open up our energy to be able to allow in. So in other, t in other words, when you explain allow, what I'm getting is um, if someone's surrounded by a negative vibe or a negative energy, when you – if I use the allowing concept as a universal law, um, is that the same as ignoring? Because if I ignore it, I'm also accepting it, but I ignore it. As a result, I increase my focus on what I really want. That's a great way of saying that. Absolutely. You know, because that's what I'll tell oh, my kids. I my, amaze my myself kids. at times. At you, time. you know, you're so good. I, I tell my kids that all the time. My four-year-old and my five-year-old will be eating breakfast, and Alex, my five-year-old, will be getting mad at, at Maxim going, ah, oh, you're eating with your mouth full, and you're annoying me. And I'm like, ignore him. Just allow him, uh, you know, Maxim, you need to eat with your mouth closed. And if he does it, look away. Look right. at your own cereal bowl. Don't look at him. If, it's the, if he's doing that in front of you, ignore him. But, you know, I know you don't approve of what he's doing, but at least allow him to be who you are and not affect you. So if your attention's on him, you're getting upset. So I need, to ignore, I need to ignore the things that prevent me from focusing, thereby... Yeah, focusing getting, in a negative way. Right. Yeah. Now, the fourth law of uh, manifestation, um, abundance. Yes, it's a law of sufficiency and abundance. And mm. this is important to know because... We need to be in a state of sufficiency before we can know abundance because most of us have been trained in lack and limitation. What we have, who we, ha who we are, um, who we're surrounded by, what we have in our lives, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. we're, not gonna, we're not enough unless we go get this Ferrari. We're not enough unless we use this type of lipstick or get these pair of shoes. Media is always telling us that you know, we're not enough unless um, this, this fancy new car or whatever it is, unless you're driving that, you're nobody. So we're coming from this perspective all the time of lack and limitation. And in order to really feel the true abundance of our universe, we have to be coming from it's okay as it is right now, again, in that place of accepting. So, you know, I the I best place to be is, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for what's coming up ahead. I see the success. I see the money. It's amazing. Right here, it's enough. It's, it's, I'm satisfied. It's okay. I can find the positive aspects. I can appreciate where I'm at. And coming from that place of appreciating, even, you know, turning your attention from the things that are not working in your life and putting your focus on the things that you do appreciate opens the door for abundance so that you can create more abundance in all aspects of your life. 
And then you have the fifth one as pure potentiality. Yes. That is a law that basically says anything in the universe has the potential of manifesting because everything in the universe is energy. So if we think of a concept, if we think of something that we want to do, um, for example, the book, The Art of Having It All, you know, that was literally a thought, and then it was pure potentiality. It was, it was a download of information. I opened myself up to the possibility. That information came through, and because I did my intelligent work, I took action, I then manifested this book. So anything that we can think of or conceive of in our minds, you know, whether it's a deserted island that we'd like to go to or, you know, a vacation spot or, you know, um, a different job that we're thinking about, if our minds can conceive of it, we can actually have, there is a potential in the universe for that to manifest. So that's a reflection of, I, I guess, our ability? Am it's, I right? There, there, it, it's our ability as as human beings, but also as spiritual beings, but literally in this world, mm. in this universe that we are in, there's so much potential. And that's like I was saying before, it's like the lottery ticket, right? You think that but getting the lottery ticket is your one and only way of getting to great greater finances, which would then give you that feeling of freedom, right? Instead, if you're in that space of freedom and you're feeling what you ultimately want to feel in the first place, it's not really about the lottery ticket. Mm -hmm. It's about what you're going to get and then receive when you win the lottery. So when you come from that place of, like, say it's freedom, there's so much potential and so many opportunities and avenues to bring you more, more of that feeling through, you know, things that we can't even conceive of in our minds, but that is the potential of the universe to bring us to. So how do I harness that? Putting yourself in a place of meditation or even just quieting your mind and opening up to your consciousness the possibilities that the universe is abundant and there's complete and total potential for anything. There's no limitations. If you want to think of it as, you know, God doesn't have a checkbook that's in the, in the black or in the red. You know, it's like there's complete potential for you to change your financial situation because the universe is completely unlimited. There's no limit of money in this universe or opportunities or situations or circumstances. The universe has a bird's eye view on our life. So if you put yourself in a state of just quiet and feel that there's something so much bigger than you, that you as a human being, as a small human being in this mm. big greater universe, there's... We're so, we're so small and finite compared to the infinite. So in a way, it's, it's about me having the belief in my ability to open up different possibilities. That's, that's one aspect. It's having trust in the universe that there are possibilities. That it will work with me based on my energy and my enthusiasm and belief. And if you allow. If that's I what they, allow. All, all these laws... All these laws tie together. That's why I call them the seven essential laws. Right. Your sixth they one all... is detachment. Yes, what detachment. Okay, so you think of an idea. You think, okay, I feel the potential of this idea. And, you know, I'm focused on it. This is definitely my intention. This mm -hmm. is the feeling that I'm feeling. The how, the why, the what, the who, all those details, I completely detach from. I keep, I, I put my foot forward on every step. And I move in the direction that the universe is showing me to get to where I need to go. But I don't have to force it. I don't have to know 10 feet up ahead. I'm detached. 
So that singular focus. Yes. But it, whenever you find yourself feeling any negative emotion, like I, I use this as a perfect example. When I was looking to attract my, uh, my husband, who I've been married to for eight years now, um, I, when I was single, I knew exactly the kind of person I wanted. Like I knew the qualities and characteristics. That for me was something I was attached to because those were qualities that were important to me. And I, I didn't want to just have any par- partner. I wanted this partner to have these type of qualities. Like, mm. you know, they believed in universal laws. They were into their health. They were spiritual. They liked kids. You know, he, he But he's not a have, hippie of any sort. No, no. Right. Good-looking guy, you know, attracted to him physically. He's in good shape. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, very kind. You know, there are lots of different qualities on there. Sounds like me. And, okay. Well, there you go. And so, but I was attached to all that. Right. When and where and how and who he was going to show up, that's where I was detached. And any time I felt any type of anxiety, like, oh, is that him? Oh, it's not him. Oh, it's not him. When's he going to come? You know, I was being attached. Oh, so you knew it would come. You just weren't concerned about when, where, and how. Exactly. Because, like, people go on dating sites. I had this guest a few weeks ago, and she was saying that, you know what, she goes on dating sites, she gets invites to tea, coffee, or lunch, and she goes in with expectation, uh, and she gets disappointed. Will he be the one? Right. Yes, so I, I guess uh, the attachment is avoid expectation. Well, I don't want to say it again. It's a very simple thing for a very complex thing. My mm. expectation, perfect example, my expectation was that this person is in the universe this person is unattached he is available this person also will be attracted to me this person it has the potential to be there and there's an expectation that i will meet him soon and we'll have a lovely relationship those are the expectations what but if it's this person over here no you were confident in the result you you weren't concerned about how it would happen I wasn't concerned about the details. That's none of my right. business. That's the universe orchestrating things for me. And I have to attach and allow mm. so that the magic can happen through. Right. Okay. And your last one. You know, the problem talk- is I'm going to start practicing all this, and I'd be so bi- worried that I'm doing all seven at once that I'd actually forget my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? Since you mentioned that, we mm. the last one is um, law of polarity, which we did talk about, which is the metaphysical and the physical part of us. If there's the front of the hand, there's the back of the hand. If there's, you know, temperature, there's extreme cold, extreme, extreme hot. You know, mm. so basically everything exists as, as polarity in our universe, right? So right. if there's lack, there's abundance. So when you're in lack, you need to shift out of lack and go into abundance. That's that. But I, what I want to say about what you just said is that when you would just apply – the law of sufficiency and abundance. When you are in alignment with the truth of our universe that everything really is abundant and that lack is just something that we learned, the lack and limitation, mm-hmm. when you can feel the expansion of that truth, when you can feel yourself being aligned with abundance, you're in a high vibratory place, so you're sending out vibrations that the universe, by law of attraction, is going to bring things into your world. You are in a space of deliberately putting yourself 
So now you've already applying three laws. When you're in a space of abundance, you're in a space of allowing, you're in a space of detachment, you're connected to the pure potentiality that exists in the universe, and you're on the pole of abundance, on the positive side. So my shortcut, my cliff notes, if you will, on the universal laws is practice as best you can being in a space of sufficiency and abundance and everything else falls into place. Now let's talk about when it doesn't fall into place. I've only got a couple of minutes. But how does one continue when one faces obstacles? Because you have a section on page 56. It's called, um, you say, bumps in the road do not mean stop. Yes. So, you know, day-to-day, day-to-day, women who are listening to you, uh, mothers who want careers as well, things like that, you know, uh, the children's timetable gets in the way. So these little bumps, I mean, how does one continue? Well, it's important to focus your energy. So something unwanted happens, what I like to call contrast. Mm. You ask yourself these three questions, and this works all the time. I still do this, and I've been using this for years. Mm. What do I want? Why do I want it? And how do I want to feel? And then I take a moment, just even for 17 seconds, because mm. that's how long it takes well, to shift Well, that's how vibration. long you have to tell me. Yeah, 17 seconds shift of vibration, then you start feeling different, and your outer reality changes. Wow. Now, how, how can people get in touch with you? How can people buy a book? Anywhere, at barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. You can go to theartofhavingitall.com, christywhitman.com, and any bookstore. It's all over the place. It's a New York Times bestselling book. Woohoo! Woo! Congratulations. And how, <laughs> since you are an attraction coach, and if the listeners are attracted to you, do you have a website they can get in touch with you on? I do. It's christywhitman.com, so it's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, Whitman, W-H-I-T-M-A-N.com, christywhitman.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Christy. All the best. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I wish you all the success in getting and having whatever you want from life. Follow me on Twitter at Vip Jaswal and my Facebook page, The Vip Jaswal Report. A special shout-out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Rick Buser. I wish you a wonderful evening tonight with your loved ones, and until next Sunday, have a productive and a very happy week ahead. 